0: Due to coronavirus, many of us are stuck at home where we would usually be at work or at school. How can you wisely use the time that you have right now during this social distancing that we have to practice? Welcome to the conversation. This is Philip. Hey guys, welcome to Filter. This is Aaron Champ, where we seek to equip you to have biblical clarity within a chaotic world. Today, what we're talking about is this issue that we face right now with the need for social distancing. And as we are a couple of weeks into this now, depending on where you're at, you might have an actual stay-at-home directive from the government. But as I've been thinking about this, uh, I've been thinking about how many of us might, you know, a couple of weeks ago have been sitting in a classroom or in a coffee shop doing homework, maybe you're at the office or at your job, wherever you were, and daydreaming about all the things that you could be doing or all the people that you would be seeing or the new hobbies you would be developing if only you didn't have to be there. Well, now we're there. Many of us, unless you're in one of the uh, essential industries that's remained open, many of us are now stuck either working from home or at home with nothing to do, uh, maybe you're at home trying to maintain the, the schoolwork that you have for the semester, but now many of us are home. And so let me ask you, what have you been doing? Because I think that for many of us, the, there's a big difference between the daydream and then the reality of what has happened now that we have to be practicing this social distancing. And the way that you use your time during this social distancing in this uh, coronavirus crisis The way that you use your time right now is actually a Christian worldview issue because in Ephesians 5 verse 16, Paul instructs us to make the most of the time that we have. And so what I want to do in this episode is help you figure out how you can wisely maintain both your relationships while you're having to do this distancing and also your time while you're stuck at home. So maintaining your relationships and also maintaining your productivity. So let's talk about that. First, we're going to start with relationships. The interesting thing about this crisis, I've heard people say this. The interesting thing about this crisis is that usually in the past, whenever a crisis happens, we all come together. But in this one, we have to stay apart. We have to practice this social distancing or these stay at home orders, self-quarantining and so on. I mean, even if we are out and about, we have to remain six feet uh, at least away from people. And so in this crisis, we have to try to figure out how to come together while remaining apart. Interestingly enough, social networking has been training us for this moment because for years now, we have all been, uh, or at least most of us, have been participating in social networking and media of one kind or another, whether that has been um, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, uh, any of these other networking sites. We've all been on those. Because what they have told us is that you can experience connectivity, you can experience community, you can experience having all these friends and all these followers uh, just by using their platform. And so we've been using them, but something interesting has happened. We've been using them and it has been causing us to be more and more isolated from the people around us. Maybe for many of you who are listening, it has literally isolated you. It has become a replacement for face-to-face community in your life. What I feel like is more likely for the vast majority of us is that it hasn't uh, actually fully isolated us from one another like we're experiencing right now. But instead, what has happened is it has made us just halfway present everywhere we have been. So just think about this. wherever you are at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, where you see people in restaurants around the dinner table together, most of the time, what are people doing? Are they usually engaged in these deep face-to-face interactions, or um, even just being fully present with one another, or is every person at the table, or most of the people at the table, engaged instead in something on their phones? Because that's what they've trained us to do, to even be halfway present, halfway there in the middle of relational environments. And so, even before we were mandated to practice social distancing, our presence was already being stolen from everyday life. And I think what this crisis is doing is it will hopefully just make us more aware of something that's already been going on. So we have an opportunity to become more aware of a couple of truths we it comes to wisely using media and trying to maintain relationships and true community. Here's the first truth. The first one is that digital media cannot replace embodied life. Digital media cannot replace embodied life. We need to understand this because, first of all, many of us have become somewhat of a slave to digital media. It has consumed our lives. It is something that is constantly pulling us toward itself, uh, vying for our attention and, and, and wanting us to deeply engage with it. But every time we have to give our attention to that media, we're taking it away from the actual people who are around us. And so many of us have become slaves to that, whether it is fully or partially. We've already been removed from everyday life. And so we need to understand this, that it cannot replace embodied life because many of us have been living underneath a digital slavery. But secondly, we need to understand this because we need to see that we lose certain aspects of real community on these digital platforms. Back in 1964, the, uh, the, the Canadian professor Marshall McLuhan Posted, uh, pub- published his classic book, Understanding Media. And in that book, he said this. He said, every new uh, medium is an extension of man. Here's what he meant by that. Just like every new technology, like the spaceship, has extended man to a place that he could not go before So, also, uh, these various communication mediums do the same thing. They are extensions of man. So, for example, the radio made it possible for the human voice to be broadcast uh, to many more people across many more locations than was ever possible before the radio. Before the radio, the human voice was contained to uh, personal interactions or to being in some kind of a stadium or theater, whereas now radio extended that capacity for man. So, every new media is an extension of man. But, as philosopher Douglas Grothuis reminded us, he said that every new technology is both an extension and a contraction of human communication. Here's what he meant by that. Just like every new medium extends man, or our communication in some way, like the radio, it takes some of that form of communication away. So, whenever you have the radio, it extends the voice, it takes the voice and it brings it to areas and to many more people than was ever possible without the radio. But what it does is it takes the voice and it removes it from the person. And so while you do have the capacity for the voice to be extended, the actual presence, the physical appearance, the, uh, the the, the physical mannerisms, the expressions of the person are lost. So That form of media both extends and contracts. It both gives and takes away something from human communication. It's really important for us to understand this because this is why we cannot expect for digital media to become a replacement of embodied life. Here's a second truth. It cannot become a replacement, but digital media can become a temporary compromise. So the various technologies that we have... um, that we available to us right now to stay connected with one another, whether it is uh, social networking platforms, video call uh, software like FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, uh, or even uh, what churches are doing, like my own church, to live stream or put their services online. All of these things are temporary compromises, but they cannot become uh, long term. Replacements. These things are only acceptable in unique circumstances and for brief periods of time. So with these things in mind, what do we do now? How do we wisely maintain our relationships when we have to stay apart? And with these understandings of the nature of media, here's the first thing you should do. You should, first of all, embrace digital minimalism. In the show notes, I'll have some further resources for you, uh, links so you can read into this more. Basically, what digital minimalism is this it doesn't mean just simply getting rid of your Netflix account or canceling some other uh, service that you have. Uh, it might mean those things, but what it means, first of all, is developing a philosophy of technology use for your life. And so you do a radical evaluation of the various medias that are in your life and ask which one actually adds value, which one does not which one uh, actually contributes to my goals in life, which ones are not or are taking away, and then you remove all the things that are not adding value, not contributing to your goals, and so on. Let me just encourage you as a step to get started to cut out all of the social junk food from your life. You see, I often refer to social networking as the junk food of social interaction because it is something that you cannot live off of. Just like our uh, physical bodies were not made to live off of junk food. Uh, it can, it, it's an unhealthy replacement. The same thing is true for our social need for community. Whenever it comes to these various social networks, they are a uh, superficial, unhealthy substitute for what we actually need, which is embodied life with one another. So, cut out as much of the social junk food as you can, uh, and I'm gonna. Talk to you about how you can replace uh, with some better forms in just a second. So cut out as much social junk food as you can and then drastically limit your media intake during this social distancing period. Something else we'll also talk about more in a moment. So since you're cutting out that social junk food, here are some things you can do to maintain those relationships. Call one to five people every day. So at the beginning of every day, or maybe you could plan it out a few days in advance, write down the names of a few people that are you consider... Uh, important relationships in your life, uh, whether they are important relationships from family, church, co-workers, classmates, whatever else it is, but maintain relationships that you want to maintain. Uh, and so choose one to maybe three or even five people and have an actual conversation with them. I highly recommend that you try to do it over something where there's a video interface so that you can uh, get as much of the experience of that person as you can. Because once again, remember that something like texting is removing uh, not only the, the physical appearance of that person, but their voice. A phone call, you get to hear their voice, but you miss out on everything else. A video call, you get to get as much as possible while still remaining apart. So try to FaceTime with them, Skype with them, do a Zoom call, something like that. If that's not possible, just do an audio phone call, but do whatever you can uh, other than something like texting or, 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 or social, social messaging of that sort. So call one to five people every day. Have a meaningful conversation. A second thing you can do is to start some kind of weekly online hangout over Skype, Zoom, or something else. Uh, Just set a night of the week and say, we're going to get together. We're going to talk. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about uh, we're all going to watch a movie and then we're going to have a movie discussion on it. Or we're all going to try to read a book or a chapter out of a book, get together, talk about it. These are some good ways that you can be maintaining relationships throughout this social distancing time. Now, let's talk about how you can maintain your productivity, because something that I've found in my life is that anytime my normal routines are interrupted, for whatever reason, it adds uh, a lot of time wasting. It's really hard to uh, maintain productivity, really difficult to not waste time. And so let me give you some really practical steps to keep yourself from wasting time. Here's the first one. Resist temptation. They might be surprised because I just said practical, but here's what we need to understand. In Scripture, if we're going to apply biblical worldview here, in Scripture there is no separation between what is the so-called spiritual and the so-called practical. They are the same thing. Consider this. Paul said, like I referenced earlier, in Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 16, he said, Because you are Christians, because you are children of God, pay careful attention then to how you walk, making the most of the time. So Paul clearly relates there the, the, a connection between your walk with Christ and how you use your time. Using your, managing your time productivity is a very practical thing to do that is related to your spiritual life. Jesus also said to us that it would benefit a man nothing to gain the world and yet lose his soul. Here's what these verses tell us. That the most practical thing that you can do is to take care of your soul. And so right now, while you might have a lot more time at home and a lot more idle time on your hands, you need to seriously consider what are going to be the greatest temptations that are going to come to you. What are the greatest temptations that are going to come to you with all this extra time on your hands? For many of you guys is going to be watching pornography. It might be just uh, overly binging on Netflix, YouTube, some kind of other you know just mindless media. For some of us, it might be Uh, overeating, you know, kind of indulging our stomachs to ease some of the pain of isolation that we feel, or even if it's not one of those things, what is going to be your greatest temptation during this time? You need to identify that so that you can be prepared to resist those temptations. These might be things like uh, being willing to get rid of some of your tech devices. If you know that having these devices in your home is going to be a significant opportunity to be tempted to Watch pornography or whatever else. Be willing to get rid of them for a little bit of time. Set up some daily check-ins with an accountability partner. Maybe it's throwing away the junk food that is in your pantry or refrigerator. But be prepared to resist those temptations um, once you have identified them. Here's the second point. Embrace the slower pace. Now, I know I just said that I'm going to talk to you about productivity, and that might sound a little like... uh, not being very productive, right? But here's what you need to understand. It's counterintuitive, but I think that a key to making the most of this time is to embrace the slower pace. There's something surprising I've been noticing as I've been talking to people and having conversations during this. I've been noticing that a lot of us have actually found it kind of refreshing. Now, there are people who are sick, who are in some severe need, not minimizing that, that's a real thing. But for others who are healthy and are not being financially impacted by this, at least yet, they found it to be very refreshing. And I just think that it's kind of odd that it took a global pandemic for us to be forced to stop and rest a little bit and see what it's like whenever our life is not being overly hurried and overly filled with unnecessary activities. And so I think that if you try to continue the hurry and if you try to continue to overproduce during these days, it's going to lead you to being unnecessarily anxious because here's the thing. You're not going to be as productive. You, you, it, most likely, especially if you are stuck at home with roommates or family with little children, you're just not going to be as productive. And so if you hold an uh, unreasonable standard to yourself, it's going to lead you to just becoming anxious. Then anxiety is going to lead you to burnout. And then you're not going to be able to get things done or get rested if you're burnt out. So what you need to do, embrace the slower pace. Take advantage of it. Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to cut back on the productivity a little bit. So the most productive thing you can do during this time is accomplish your most important things that need to get done and then experience life with a little bit better balance and a little bit better rhythm to it. So number three is to give your day structure. Here's what I mean by that. Try to, as much as you can, depending depending on the situation this will be more or less possible as much as you can try to hold to whatever your normal day looks like so that means waking up at whatever normal time you would for work or for class don't sleep in every day of the week um wake up at your your normal time avoid sleeping in and then go about your normal routine just as you would if you're going into work or going to school so if that's waking up taking a shower making breakfast having a morning devotion whatever it is whatever your morning routine looks like try to do the same things wake up at the same time go through that morning routine get dressed as just as you would on a normal day and then set about your day okay so follow your normal routine and then uh, start your day with a set of about 3 to 5 goals that you need to try to accomplish um, these these can be things related to work or things related to something you need to get done at the home school whatever else give yourself those goals and then Work out some kind of a flexible schedule for yourself that day. You can say from this hour to this hour, I'm going to work on this goal. From For this half hour, I'm going to take a break. You know, uh, This time, I'm going to have lunch. Maybe at this time, I'm gonna, going to go outside and enjoy a walk, whatever else. But have a flexible schedule for yourself and make sure you add in there time for rest and recreation. Here's the last point. Pursue analog activities. Earlier, I talked to you about cutting out the social junk food and minimizing digital intake as much as possible what to make those things effective you need to replace them with analog activities what I mean by that is is things that are real right things that involve your all, all of your senses and that require something uh, and that are things that you do with your hands because these things are going to be far more satisfying to you right now than just mindless media analog activities are things like reading a book we all have stacks of books around our offices or bedroom or wherever else that we haven't read that we want to get to reading. Well, now you've got the time for that. And so reading some books, doing projects around your house or, or apartment. I know I've been seeing a lot of people working in their yards and, and so on. And so uh, do those things. These are good times to get to working on those projects. Maybe it's doing a hobby that you haven't done in a while or finding a new hobby that you can pick up. Once again, a new something that will be challenging for you that will actually utilize your, uh, your, your motor skills, something that is analog, uh, and then also exercising. Remember, one of the best things you can do right now is to get outside and go for a walk. While, once again, maintaining the appropriate distancing measures that have been recommended to us, uh, you can practice some open-air therapy. Experts say that's a great thing to do right now. No one is going to doubt that we are living through a chaotic time right now, But here's the thing, even though we are isolated, we can come together as much as possible in wisdom to support one another throughout this crisis, to be there for one another. Let me just remind you guys before we go, do not give in to fear, but cast, as Peter said, cast all your cares on God because he cares about you. Check out our show notes for highlights related to this episode and for further resources based on the things that I talked about here. In the next episode, just in time for Easter, we're going to be looking at the top five evidences for Jesus's resurrection. It's going to be a fun one. I hope you'll join us for that one. I just want to thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I hope that it helps you to find clarity in the chaos. If this show has helped you, would you consider subscribing to us on whatever platform you're listening to and leaving us a review and especially sharing it with some friends? If you think this episode could help somebody that you know, would you consider sharing it with them? Those kind of things help us out a lot. Thank you guys for joining us. I love you guys. I'm Aaron Champ. This is Filter.